This is episode 255 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we're going to unpack body neutrality. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and hell yes to living my life to the fullest in my now body. And I made it my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently, unconditionally, right now. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hey, if you're new to the Going Beyond the Food Show, our podcast roadmap has been designed with you in mind. With over 250 episodes available to listen, it can feel overwhelming to know which episode to prioritize for you. The podcast guide answers the top five questions women have when they enter our world of going beyond the food to unlearn diet culture. To get your free copy of our podcast roadmap guide, head over to stephaniedoziate.com forward slash roadmap or use the hyperlink in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. Hello, sisters. Stephanie here. I have a story I want to get started with today. Some of you may have heard me share part of the story, but for most of you, this is going to be new. This is a story of a day that I remember vividly. I still have the image in my head. You know, you have one of those moments in your life where you can close your eyes and see the environment you were in. And I see myself standing in the waiting room of my clinic in Toronto with a digital book in front of me. I remember the iPad, the old clunky iPad I had back in the days. That's like six or seven years ago. And in front of me was my dispensary filled with supplements. And I was on the central table of the waiting area. It was dark. It was at night. I just finished a day of consultation And I was looking at my iPad with the cover image of the health at every size book from uh, Lindo Bacon. Back in the days, she was Linda Bacon. Today, we call her Lindo Bacon. So I was sitting in that waiting area of my clinic, and I was reflecting on my last client's visit, who was a woman who was struggling massively with her relationship with her body, although she came to me at first wanting to lose weight. Because back in the days, um, I had a nutrition clinic, and that's what most of the client walked into the building for. But we click quickly through our session. At that time, I was dabbling into the world of like, not health at every size yet, but more like emotional eating is not a bad thing and what's driving the behavior. Um, so women wanted to lose weight, but I wasn't giving them that automatically. I was dabbling around, right? Anyway, so she was at a place where she wanted to accept her body, but the more she was trying to accept her body, the worse her relationship to food was. I spoke about this client in my pro series of podcast episodes, if you're a health professional, uh, back in the month of April to 2020 and May 2020, I did a series on that. So you may want to go back and listen to that eight-part professional series. I talked about her because she really changed 
how I practice. Like this woman is responsible for where I am today because I struggled helping her so much that it forced me to educate myself as a professional to research and to find solution. And that's how I discovered a non-diet approach to health. And this is the moment, right? I was sitting in my waiting room with this book in front of me and I was motivated to read this book, not for me, for her. And here's the interesting thing is I was presented with the Health at Every Size book two times prior that night in my office. The first time was two years prior to that. And I refuted just reading the title of the book without even opening it. I was in the middle of a diet and I was working really hard at losing weight. And then when I read the title, I was like, hell no. <laughs> Not doing this is impossible. And and part of the reason why I had such a visceral reaction is because I was working so hard and my entire self-worth was wrapped up around my ability to lose weight. And little did I know, a few months after me refusing to read this book completely, I was going to spiral down in binge eating. But needless to say, I didn't open that book the first time. And then the second time, this book was presented to me from a colleague. And again, this time at least I opened it. Like I didn't refuse it altogether. I read a few page and then I got to the part where Linda was talking about no longer dieting and allowing all foods and not labeling food. And I'm like, hell no. Why? Because at that point I wasn't dieting. That's what I thought in my head. I was just not eating the bad food right? Processed food, the sugar, the grain, the dairy, right? I'm not going to name what I was on, but you can probably figure it out. And my work, although no longer wrapped into my ability to lose weight, it was wrapped around me eating better than others. Which by the way, if you follow me on social media, in the first few weeks of September, I did a series on self-worth and righteous eating. And I had the greatest number of unfollow during those 10 days, because it's really offending to people for me to say that our self-worth is wrapped around the way we eat when you're stuck in it. When you're in it and somebody puts that in front of you, you are offended. And um, that's what happened to me the second time I was presented with health at every size. I was like, hell no, this is BS, I'm not reading this, because I was offended of all the hard work I was putting it into eating like righteously <laughs> better than others. And this book was like saying that it didn't mean nothing, like no. So the third time was the right time. That's when I opened the book after this appointment with this client and I read the book in three days. I saw my client in the book and most important, I saw myself with every page. Every page was like, a, oh my God. And Without my client, I would have probably not read the book. And, and this is the beauty of being a practitioner in this field is that with every client interaction, you do your own work. And I posted about that um, for my Conquer and Thrive uh, members in, in our program. And with every opportunity of teaching, it's an opportunity for me to do my work. And I'm very grateful for you, the listener of the podcast, my client, my student, because you're allowing me the space and the time to do this work. Anyhow, I digress here. 
that's the time when I read this book after the third <laughs> opportunity to read it that I discovered the concept of body neutrality. Body neutrality, and this is what we're going to talk about today, seven minutes into the podcast for me to get to this, but the story was worth framing this discussion here. Body neutrality, for those that are not familiar with this, is a way to engage with our body. The goal of body neutrality is to dial down the enormous significance that's being given to physical beauty and attractiveness in our society. Particularly for women, the significance of our beauty as, as people identifying as women is what causes us to do all kinds of crazy things to, quote, look better. We wear makeup. We spend a ridiculous amount of time doing our hair. We, we spend enormous amount of money on anti-aging product. We, cut our body for aesthetic surgery or for gastric bypass surgery. We effectively starve ourselves in order to look beautiful. And this is important to understand. If we didn't buy or engage into the importance of our beauty that the world places upon us, we wouldn't diet. We wouldn't restrict food if we didn't buy into the fact that our beauty was our worth into this world. Body neutrality goes beyond body positivity, for those who are familiar with that, in that it's not just about pushing back onto the beauty ideal of our time, which is what body positivity does. It challenges the beauty standard by putting forward diverse body type, size, and shape. Body neutrality, on the other hand of the spectrum, pushes on all aspects of society's beauty standard. It pushes back on the complete concept that promotes beauty as essential, as consequential, as the ultimate accomplishment of a person's life, as a sign of their worth. Do you see the difference? So here's an example. Body neutrality will say, how I feel about myself has nothing to do with my appearance. Body positivity, on the other hand, will say, I feel good about myself because I know I'm beautiful at any size. Can you see the difference? There's nothing wrong with body positivity in which it leads you to accept yourself, but it still buys into the concept that you must be beautiful. And that's what's critical here. And that's why my client was struggling so much. Because her version of making peace with her body, she didn't know at the time it was called body positivity, but that's what she was attempting to do. Her attempt to make peace with her body while still buying into the concept of her body leads her to be beautiful was keeping her stuck into the belief that she had to like her body to be able to be at peace with her body. Personally, I don't think it's our in, in our human nature to love our body image. Loving our body image is a first world problem. Body neutrality doesn't require you to like your body. 
And and to be honest, when I was reading that the first time, I had to sit with this for a while. Because my brain, just like yours, isn't programmed this way. My brain wouldn't compute this notion. Today, I know why my brain had difficulty accepting the notion of body neutrality, that I didn't have to find my beauty beautiful, my body beautiful. That notion didn't agree with me. It didn't agree with my independent, my strong-natured woman. It didn't agree with the feminist in me. Though at the time, I didn't know that it was the feminist nature in me, but that's why it didn't agree with me. My gut told me that I should go towards body neutrality. When I say gut, I speak of my intuition. Again, I didn't know it at the time, but I just knew that body neutrality was right, was right personally and professionally. You see, the goal of body neutrality is to know that how I feel about myself has nothing to do with the way that I look. I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. When we learn to become body neutral, we learn to engage with our body in its notion of functionality instead of beauty. That was a huge revelation for me. Body neutrality teaches us that our body is the vehicle through which we experience life. Our body allows us to feel our emotion, to taste the food we eat, to feel the, the wind on our face, to smell the flowers, to feel the love and the passion towards our partner, the unconditional love to, to our kids, to walk on the beach and feel the sand in our feet, to cook the food we love, to have fun, to laugh. Our body is a functional tool. That's what body neutrality teaches us. Body neutrality recognizes that not everyone is going to love every part of themselves, and that shouldn't be the goal either. Body neutrality says, yeah, there's going to be bad day, bad days where you don't like your body, and there's other days where you're going to feel you love your body, and that's part of the journey. And because your self-worth is entangled up around the fact that you love or you don't love your body, you're going to feel worthy every day. So if you are in a space today where you still dislike, hate your body, I want you to know two things. How you engage with the reflection in the mirror goes much, much deeper than just the reflection in the mirror. And it's not a all or nothing. It's not either you hate your body or you love your body. Here's the first thing I want all of us to recognize. And I'm going to get a bit geeky here, but I want to talk to you about what is body image. Body image is not only how we see ourselves in the mirror, but or how we picture ourselves in our mind. It's not unidimensional. And that's what I learned in Health at Every Size book. And that's actually what the research around body image says. And let's be clear here. There's an entire world of research around body image. And that's what I teach in all of my program. It's not just like taking picture of your fat rolls. Like that's body positivity. And we, we need that into the world, right? We need influencers who do that. 
what I do is the clinical approach to body image. So that's what I'd like to geek out for a few minutes around with you. So here's what science has discovered around body image. It encompasses four elements. The number one is the perceptual body image, clearly how we see our body. This is what everybody thinks body image is. But it's so much more than this. And that's why healing our body image is never going to be done out of shrinking our body or removing the wrinkle. We're not going to feel better about our body by simply changing the external shell of our body. Because when we take this approach, it disinclude, it denies the complexity of our body image. So here's the second part of body image that Barely no one talks about, but that has to be included in your journey of changing the way you engage with your body or your body image. Cognitive body image, how you think about your body. This is why you see statistics like 91% of women dislike their body, right? This is a study that was done by Dove and the Self-Esteem Project. Because the perceptual body image, the way that people see themselves was not linked to the size of their body because 91% of women didn't like their body, no matter if they were thin, if they were large, if they were old, if they were young, they didn't like their body because of the way they think about their body. And that's what we teach in my program. That's what we teach in Conquer and Thrive. We talk about the notion of body self-talk, the narrative we have in our head around our body. This is why in Conquer and Thrive, we don't go into the world of body image the first 30 days. No, 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 no. We do mindset work. We don't talk about food. We don't talk about body. We talk about what goes on between our two ears. And that's the missing element of most intuitive eating and body image programs. We have to learn to manage our mind, sisters. That's the key to everything. <laughs> but I digress. The third element of our body image is effective body image, how we feel about our body. Now, I'm going to sound like I'm like repeating the same thing, but this is why mindset is critical because the way we feel about our body is the outcome of how we think about our body. So shitty body image thoughts will give you shitty emotions about your body. Empowering body image thought will give you empowering emotion. It's like one plus one. <laughs> so the way you feel about your body is created by the way you think about your body. And then the fourth element of body image is behavioral body image. The way we behave as a result of how we see, think, and feel about our body. It's like the sum of it all. For those who have studied with me or plan on, on studying with me, this is what we call self-coaching, right? Self-coaching is the, the mindset framework we teach inside of Conquer and Thrive. And it says that we think, we feel, creates our action and our result into the world. Because the way we think creates our emotion and our action are taken from the space of how we feel. 
And that last one, although it has the biggest component we would all want to change, the way we behave as a result of how we feel and think about our body, is not the starting point. That's kind of the result of it all. We have to go upstream and change the way we think about our body. And this is why my client was stuck. Because she wanted to like her body. But she didn't know how to do it. And that's why she was stuck in pattern of binging and overeating. But at the time, I didn't have the tools to help her. And that's what the growth as a, as a practitioner comes from, right? Is gaining the tool to help people. And that's how the world of mindset and self-coaching came into my practice. Now, I said I wanted you to think about two things. The second piece... Once you understand that body image is actually for a component, is how we engage with our body is on a spectrum. That's why I created what I call the body image scale. And I teach that to my um, professional student. And we teach that also inside of Conquer and Try. But there's four stages of body image. Body violence body atrium, body neutrality, and body respect. Note that you don't find body positivity on this scale. And stay tuned. In just a few minutes, I'll tell you why. But I wanted to quickly go over each one of those stages of the spectrum. So body violence is when a person's thoughts and emotion around her body are intensely negative to the point where this person engage in extremely toxic and destructive behavior on our body. Starvation in order to lose weight, uh, bounce back into binge eating, purging, eating disorder, uh, weight loss pill, procedure, surgery. So extreme behavior because of the intensity of her thoughts and her feeling or his or her thoughts about feeling about a body. And, and this, this, People that are stuck in body violence should be referred out, right? And that's one thing that we're clear in all of my program, like we're not equipped in term of group program to deal with certain behavior that are actually dangerous to people's life. And body violence is in that spectrum here. But some people are there. Where I meet most of my students is body hatred. Most of my students' thoughts or my clients' thoughts about their body are negative. They have a lot of mental chatter that is greatly consuming their time, their effort, and their energy around their body, consistently hoping to find a solution to be in a thinner, more beautiful body, and that will deliver happiness. But the action they take with regards to achieving that thinner body or that more beautiful body isn't life-threatening, isn't destructive. They will take action, they will go on a diet, but they won't cross the boundary where it could be life threatening. But a great amount of time and energy is spent and consume around not liking their body. They will still diet and exercise, but again, not to the point where it could be a danger. And when you're stuck in body hatred, when you leave that space, you regain your life because all this energy and this time spent on picking at your body and not liking your body is then applied to another spectrum of your life. The 
stage where what we talk about today, which is body neutrality, is when someone has most of their thoughts around their body from a neutral space. They engage with their body from a place of functionality instead of self-worth, right? They do have negative body image thought because who wouldn't living in today's society, but they aren't consumed by it. They can just let it go. They see the thought and they let it go because they have greater things to accomplish in life, right? They have refocused their energy, their time, their investment into something that they will feel fulfilled about. They are living their life and enjoying their life beyond their body. And then the the last body image scale spectrum you can go into is body respect. Body respect is when you have all the element of body neutrality, and then you can appreciate your body. Note, I didn't say love your body. I said appreciate your body and engage with your body as if it was your best friend. You're committed to taking care of your body for the future relationship you will have together, right? It's literally like acting with your body as if it was your best friend. This is when people will transition themselves out of dieting and become an intuitive eater because that's the right thing to do for their body. Now, I said earlier that I didn't include body positivity on my body image scale because body positivity is a social movement. It's not a therapeutic approach to body image. The body positivity movement was born in the 1960s, along with the third wave of feminism as a fat acceptance movement. It was never meant to be a therapeutic approach to healing our body image. It was a way, a social movement, an activism movement that was actually born and entertained by Black women. The term body positive reemerge in 1996 with a psychotherapist and an individual who brought it into the world of eating disorder. And then in the 2010, with the growth of Instagram, again, body positivity as a hashtag for those familiar in the social media world was appropriated as a way of moving the dial, again, started up by um, black women. But here's the, the crazy thing. It was started up by the black women and then adopted by white women, obviously white thin women, who appropriated themselves the term body positivity. And that's what we're seeing right now. So if you're doing hashtag body positivity, what you will see is appropriate fatness, right? So women that are according to the standard of society, not too fat, that use the term body positivity as a way of, I want to say, ranking themselves on social media. It's not a therapeutic approach. It's a social justice movement. And that's why for me, body positivity doesn't play into my world because that's not who I am. That's not what I do, right? I'm not an activist. Um, and that's why body neutrality to me is the best space to go into in healing your body image. So where are you on the scale? 
Like I said, most of the people that come to work with me are in the body hatred. They transition to neutrality, and then they aim to get to a space of body respect. So what happens when you move from body hatred to body neutrality? Not even talking about body respect here. We'll stay from moving from hatred to neutrality. What What is the positive outcome of this? Well, number one, higher self-esteem. You learn that your worth as a woman, as a human, doesn't have to be earned, gained, or worked hard for. You are born innately worthy. That is a tremendous life-changing experience when you can get yourself there. Two, you stabilize your relationship to food because food is no longer a tool to achieve beauty. You don't have to manipulate your relationship to food in order to feel worthy, aka to feel beautiful. You can let go of perfectionism because you no longer have to be perfect to be worthy or you no longer have to make up for your lack of beauty, aka your lack of worthiness by being perfect and aka people pleasing. Anyone there? (laughs) Right? A reduction in anxiety and depression. Like it is clear in research that negative body image or what the term called body dissatisfaction is linked to anxiety and depression. And the more people are dissatisfied with their body, the more risk they have to experience anxiety disorder or depression. Here's another one that's very interesting. Hormonal balance. This is like a huge trendy word or a a marriage of word in the world of health. Hormonal balance. Everybody wants to be hormonally balanced but nobody talks about how they feel about their body. Do you know the amount of stress and cortisol production you have when you hate your body, when you're dissatisfied with your body? You create the thing that dysregulates your hormone. And I talked about this in the previous podcast. Search on the feed hormones, you'll see I did a 40-minute rant on the link between body dissatisfaction, intuitive eating, and hormonal disruption. But once you accept your body, when you move yourself from hatred to neutrality, your hormones stabilize. And that simply is because you've less production of cortisol. I believe that a lot of female health issues are related to body dissatisfaction, body hatred, which then creates even more stress by manipulating the way we eat, dieting, and food restriction, which is a trigger for inflammation and then hormonal and all kinds of health issue. Here's a cool thing. Becoming body neutral has no negative consequence. None. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, Stephanie, if I become body neutral, I may gain weight. What are people going to say if I'm not trying to lose weight anymore? Yep, these thoughts will happen. But they're just thoughts. You can choose to entertain these thoughts. And that's what diet culture wants you to do. It wants you to see these thoughts, grab onto them, and keep repeating it to them, to yourself. Because when you do that, guaranteed, You're going to stay into the cycle 
of diet culture. Or you could get some mindset tools. You can learn to manage your mind and say, hell no to these thoughts. What if I gain weight? No, I'm not going to entertain you. What are people going to say? No, I'm not going to entertain you and saying hell yes to your own liberation. That's what body neutrality does with these thoughts. Because body neutrality forces you to learn to manage your mind. And that is true power. Liberation of you as a woman in modern society will only come as a result of you learning to manage your mind and get yourself out of where society wants you to get stuck, which in our case here is diet culture. If that's you, if you're ready to say hell no to diet culture and hell yes to body neutrality, I would love to meet you inside of Conquer and Thrive, connect the dots for you, teach you self-coaching, and watch you liberate yourself. So join us inside of Conquer and Thrive. I love you, sister, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Hey, you, if you enjoy listening to this show, you have to come and check Conquer and Thrive. It's my monthly coaching program that comes with expert courses that will show you exactly how to take this life-changing work and apply it into your own life. We teach you how to change your mindset, eat intuitively, and master body confidence. That you've decided to stop dieting today or years ago, Conquer and Thrive will help you take this knowledge deeper into real-life practices. It comes with access to me as your coach and my team of experts. Join us by simply going to www.stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you inside our Conquer and Thrive community. I'll see you on the other side.